Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Richard Kennedy. I'm here with Nick Goslin and Ryan Garvey. We're New England Social, your New England-based podcast about everything New England, from things to do, places to go, people to see, and experiences we're having. How you boys doing? Good, man. Welcome back to the screen. Happy to see you guys. I know. Yeah. I got jacked up today. I was, I was driving back from... Uh, I was running some sort of errand. I was driving back. I was like, oh, man, I'm hanging out with the boys on the podcast tonight. Yeah, baby. Yeah, man. It's electric. Garb, how are you living over there? Pretty good, man. I'm pretty beat. Pretty exhausted. Keeping it alive, though, for this. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, honestly super jacked about our golf extravaganza coming up. Super jacked. Yeah, I've been thinking yeah. about it for the last week. It, was, it works out perfect because I, uh, me and Carol are supposed to go to Nashville at the back end of the week. I was going to work Monday, Tuesday, just because, like, why not? And you called, and I was like, it's a sign. But Gotta why? Take it off. Got to take off. Why, why work Gotta if you don't do have it. to? Got to do it. I am. I did have a goal to, like, use all my PTO this year. I, like, chronically, like, ha- carry over a week or sometimes even, like, lose. You have to PTO. get, like, paid out for it or something. No, I don't get paid out for it. So, oh. like, I get over a week, I just Silly. lose it. Yeah, oh, lose it. that's I did, so I had, here's the problem. It's, it's not like problem. not taking a four hundred one match. Well, here's the thing. It's it's is here's the problem. It's that it's a lot, some of it's good. Is my job from like when you're doing it can be very flexible. It can be demanding at like really inconvenient times, right? Uh, but it, it can be also really flexible. It allows you like, hey, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna get up a couple hours early and work a bunch, and then have a couple hours where I can do some stuff during the day. You can do that, especially if you're working remotely, right? If you're, you're kind of getting your stuff done, and so it can be like flexible so like if i'm like oh i'm like going up somewhere on the weekend i'll I'll get on i'll work early i'll get a bunch of stuff wrapped up in the morning do calls and stuff and i'll leave work early on friday nice. so that you know that really works it's also a job that again like you deal with, like my job is recruiting it's people and like people don't give a shit what you're doing or if you're on vacation and stuff right and so like you can do your best but like sometimes you're just gonna kind of gotta jump on and do some stuff and so a lot of times i just like am able to like work my off time, my PTO time and like, and whatnot. And like on weekends or like long weekends or around like Labor Day and stuff. And like, I still take plenty of time off, but yeah, I always have some leftover time, man. So I'm trying to use it all this, this year. Good for nice. you, dude. Yeah. Use man. it. Um, Abuse it. Nick, we're golfing early. We are golfing super early. Really on early. Easter Sunday. On Easter Resurrection Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow. A nice six six forty five tea time AM <sighs> golfing with Dan Latelier, father in law of the podcast, and Todd Diadone, friend of the podcast. Dude, you're honestly get the, get these negative thoughts I out know. of your head. No, you're right. No, like, you're right. Are you man. planning on getting super banged up on Saturday or something? I mean, I've been known to get banged up on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most ridiculous but thing I'm just, to say. I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean? Like, you should be jacked to be able oh, – like, I'm assuming you're going to your mom's for Easter. Well, so that's the thing. I don't know. Well, I won't. I probably won't be up there because we're not doing Easter until, like, later. And then, Rich, you're coming to pick me up after your dinner. And then I'm coming to pick you up after my yeah, dinner. Yeah, in Sanford. In Sanford. Don't forget in it. Sanford. So I don't have so. a car. Hey, we're – okay, we'll talk about this later. Anyways, Red Sox this year. How's everyone feeling about them? Um, start right. I mean, I don't watch. I don't watch early, early, early season. Oh, you don't. I feel like out. early season. Early season is when I watch. I would yeah. say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like the um, tease. Well, 
So feel like they kind of dropped the ball in New York a little bit. They had lead multi-run leads in each they of the did. first three games, um, lost them. But then also it's kind of weird because their bullpen statistically has been the best bullpen in baseball so far, which I did How not so? expect. How so? From like an ERA standpoint. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but like I said, kind of, uh, Drop the ball on those first two games, able to win on Sunday night baseball, lost the first against Detroit, won the second against Detroit, and then they got a third game against Detroit this evening. So personally, they had the big Trevor Story signing. Didn't right. so on the surface seems great, but I think you do a little deeper dive in that kind of signaled for me as a Red Sox fan a breakup between them and Bogarts. Like I think, cause Bogarts has player option after this year. Right. But he has, so he's clearly going to opt out. And I Is think it that, that clear. Yeah, I th- think so. If you listen to like the local media and everything. And I just kind of think that there's been zero like contract discussions. Like they're obviously very far apart. And I just kind of think that it's showing that, their plan is to have story move because he's historically been a shortstop. Right. But he's just playing second this year. Yeah. So so. outlook for the year, you think they're going to have a better year than last year? You have better. I think they have a better team. Then they get better this year. Uh, I'm not talking about that this year. They're better than last year. I guess like they lost Hunter Renfro, who was like a real good player for them last year. They lost Eddie Rodriguez. So, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. And, and like, Sale, Sale how, yeah. how long is he injured for? It's kind of unclear. He had fractured ribs. So I feel like Man. it's like a. I feel like this is the point where he's not worth at this point. Like, oh, dude, do you want to do a mean, World I, Series? I, I mean, it's know. it's 2020 hindsight, but I said yeah. at the time, like, I would not have signed him to that deal just because he was like a ticking time bomb. Like, everyone always says, you look at his motion, it's just like so wacky. And he had never been hurt really for an ex- extended period of time before. And then the season that he signed that deal, he just started breaking down. So there's no way yeah. you can trade him or anything. Yeah. And at this point, you're kind of just like eating the contract. Right. And so Devers, though, I feel like this is his all star year, his MVP year. If uh, there's yeah. an MVP year, this is the year. Well, so that's another one that I'm kind of worried about because they had a report that again i know you said this year but i'm saying just kind of a longer term outlook they had a report that the red sox endeavors had not had like any discussions a week before the season and then like a few days before the season started they offered him a contract and he turned it down with his agent saying that they were like very far apart and so i'm like are they gonna not sign bogarts or devers i don't see that well, I don't know. That could be. Dude, I don't know. The guy that they brought in was from Tampa, like high in bloom. Mm-hmm. I just feel like he kind of has like a a mentality of, you know, oh, we'll find a guy who costs yeah. like the money ball. of him. Like the money ball mentality. does 75% of what Devers does. And it's like, right. dude, sometimes like you're – it's very annoying because you're not the Tampa Bay Rays. You're the Boston Red Sox. You print money. You're literally between you, the Yankees, and the Dodgers. You're one of the three most valuable franchise. You're one of the most val- valuable franchise sports franchises in the entire world, and so you should be able. Like 
I'm not out here asking to be like, oh, you should sign every big name guy, but this is a homegrown guy. He's been in your system the whole time. He's a young stud, plays a premier position. It's like one of the few people I feel like in the in MLB that can contend with like a 40 home run season, like pony up and pay the guy. But yeah. John Henry's yeah. just Mr. Cheap ever since he bought Liverpool and now he bought the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I feel like he's just, he doesn't care anymore. So projections for the year, you think they're going to be make it further? They made a- ALCS. They lost an ALCS last year, right? I, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, man. Really? Oh they're, my! This is such a classic no, Boston dude. fan. They, I, well, no, I'm saying so because they added a they added a thing. But you're talking about Tampa is a very good team. Toronto is clearly Toronto, better than them. Toronto's yeah, I was gonna yeah, say so. Toronto on paper. Say, if I'm like ranking the East right now. I would say Toronto, Tampa, and then it's kind of a toss-up between what? the Yankees and the Sox. Okay. All right. Wow. And if Tampa. They... Dude, Tampa. I would good. go if I had to predict the end of year standings. I'm going to go. I just don't think Toronto is going to pull it off, even though on paper they're good. I'm going to I'm going to predict it's going to go Red Sox, Yankees, Toronto, Tampa, Baltimore. Wow. Okay. That's my prediction. You have the opposite. That's my prediction. Who does, who thinks I think the Red Sox are going to be pretty good this year, as well wow. as the Yankees. Wow, we'll see. Okay. I just think there's um, a there's a lot of competition in the AL too. So I just think that, and there's only so many, like not all, not the top. You can't get four teams in from a division. So I just right. think it's going to be even if you don't think Tampa is better than them, I think that they're probably like right there. They're pretty so, close. Like, yeah, it's going to be close. Yeah, you're picking two out of those three teams, and it's like if they get off to a cold start here because they don't have sale and their pitching is a little shaky. I don't know. So uh, last big news before we jump into our topic, um, me and Carol, we're getting a dog. Oh, little lab and blue. Nick, help me. Blue, blue healer. Healer mix. Um, should be get, getting them on. Yo, uh, you have a pick. Send me a pick. I will send you a pick. I will send yeah. you a pick. And so this is, so this whole dog buying experience. Um, so we go into this. Okay, we're going into this, and 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 it's sped up because me and Carol. Also, I don't know if we said this on the podcast, but me and Carol moved in together. Recently. What? Yeah, you didn't even I tell me I told that. You that garbage. You told me not to June. Okay, my bad, my bad. So boys, me and Carol wow. moved in together. Recently. Jesus Christ! We might need to literally. Get this part the- out. The entire world is finding out the same time as me and Rye. No, this is going to release hours yet. later. Not in real time. It's kind of like they get to find out with you, though. If anything, Rich, I'm not, you I'm not trying gift. to – I'm not mad at you, but you kind of do this once in a while, and it kind of reminds me of a broody thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, That's a harsh – broody, if you're listening, I love you, but that's a harsh <laughs> this is This is a broody thing. That's a you harsh do this comparison. I will that's say, no, he's not I've definitely told are. both of you it was in the works, for sure. Yeah, uh, but yeah. this this is broody-esque where you're like, oh, I didn't tell you. <laughs> no, it's doing not, not, guys. <laughs> yes, Again, is. Chase Broody, beloved friend of the fo- of the podcast. We, we'd be the fourth of this trio here. Um I love you, man. But like Baruti will call us one day and be like, Oh yeah, me and Grayson just moved to Spain. And I'll be like, I'll be like, I'll be like, what do you mean? And he'll be like, I'm in Spain right now. I'm calling He's like, you from Spain. Hola, motherfucker. Yes, exactly. That's what he would say. Hola, motherfucker. Like, 
And I and honestly, I would be surprised, of course, but I'd be like, be fucking like, dude, ah, that's wow, not what dude. this is. It's just me moving in with my long term my, my long term girlfriend that I told you both we were we were we were working out. Now I probably should have hit you up when yeah, it like, went down, went down. So that's my bad. And I'm gonna own that. That's okay. my bad. But it's not Baruti esque. That's a, this is a little different. This is a little different. Right. And I feel like Dude, others will agree. Shut up. Tell us about the dog. Um, anyways, so the dog <laughs> thing sped up because we, we ended up we ended up moving in together, and so um, it makes the whole caring for the dog a lot, hopefully, a lot easier. And and so we're like we're looking whatever, and we're like trying to find a dog, and like we get interested in one, and they're like, oh, oh, sorry, that dog's adopted. Oh, that dog's adopted. And so finally, we like find a dog that hits our parameters. Now I've been strict on the parameters at this point in time, folks. Okay. Big dog. Cause I want low energy and I just like big dogs. Okay. Quote, big dog doesn't Kim. necessarily mean low energy. Not always, not always, but I was looking for low energy and I like big dogs. Quote, grandpa Kennedy. If you're going to get a dog, get a dog. So I like big dogs. Yeah. So I'm going to get, I want you a big dog looking for a dog. That's, that's low energy. And Nick, you're right. That, that whole point, Nick is going to play into the story. Well, okay. I, can I just preface this by saying, that mix that you previously described is not low energy. So again, Nick, you're a little shot, a little foretell here. Okay? okay. So I say low energy. I say big dog. I say, um, and, and this is Carol's. This is Carol's idea. It's a great idea. Hey, let's go two years or older, right? Yeah. No, First that's good. Dog owners. That's a great, trained. great move for you guys. Such a great idea. Such a great, great idea. So. Along comes like a couple of dogs. We find we like apply whatever. And, uh, we find a great Dane. We fall in love with this great Dane. We fall in love with the idea of a great Dane in general. We try to get a couple of dogs. It doesn't really work out. We're doing kind of half-assed applications, and then all of a sudden we decide to like buckle down because we find this one dog, Clyde. And Clyde, we're like really, we're really Clyde from yeah. And so we we apply <laughs> right. At the same time, we we apply to the same place that Carrie and Todd get their dog. And we find Cassius and, and we love Cassius and whatnot, whatnot. And so we go in and we start to look at it. both Clyde and Cassius, both under one year old. Clyde seven months, Cassius is five months. Both of them large dogs. Okay, cool. Check. No problem. Clyde, lounge snuggler. Great. Like Cassius is essentially is essentially like, you know, is Cassius the blue it's, killer it's lab considered bits. not rambunctious, right? Like we, we're not going to call him crazy. Right. But like they wouldn't have necessarily described him as like a lounger. And so we're like going back and forth. And what ends up happening is Cassius becomes available to us. Right. Clyde, we don't know about like, again, this is, I guess they didn't call you, but they asked for, they asked for uh, references. And so we just gave them the same references, both of you. And I guess they didn't call you. And they were like, all right, you got to do the thing, donation, whatever. They check some stuff out. They're like, okay, cash, this is yours if you want them. And so we were like going back and forth. Do we wait and whatnot? And like, we like, hey, can you send us some videos of cash? And send us some videos. It's like ripping apart a pillow or some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're like, we're like, is he potty trained? They're like, we're working on it. And we're like, That's a hard no. That is a hard no. That's a hard no. Um, Honestly, so potty yeah, training we're getting is a puppy easy. that is hopefully oh my laid God. back. That's such a uh, bullshit be, lie, uh, dude. For me, a medium to large dog. Oh, okay. Sorry, I forgot you were Caesar Milan. So, um, what? I what? said potty training is the easiest thing to train. 
but that was just for my dog. So that doesn't yeah. apply. That was one dog. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm excited though. I'm obviously being a little facetious here. I'm very excited. Super cute dog. Looks like to be a. Looks like he's gonna be a, a pretty decent size. Probably somewhere between 50, 65 pounds. Nice. Uh, there you go. So. Hope to meet Meadow. You, Congrats. Yeah, it should be fun. When are you when are you picking him up? The thirtieth. April thirtieth. Sweet. Dude, let's plan. Let's plan a little. Me and Laura will bring the gang up to Portsmouth. I would love that. That'd be great. We're gonna. We have to go there really fucking early, so we'll be back. Um, honestly, pretty early. Not six forty-five tea time early. But you like gotta early. close that. Fe- no, you, actually, yeah, no, we gotta leave here. Like, you gotta ah. close that fence. You gotta close that fence opening. Vargas yeah, said, said, said the same thing. Actually, I was gonna call you about uh, what the best way of doing that might look like. So, yeah, something simple. That. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. I'll keep it yeah. super simple. You know yeah, what I mean? just real cut and dry. Just maybe you tell me what to do. <laughs> we'll look at it. All right. Cool. Cool. You excited, dude? Ports, dude. I'm excited. Ports the country club on Monday. Oh, One of my yes. favorite places to golf. Better be nice. Better be I'm nice. Out. Pump. All right, boys. Let's get into it. The fans have been waiting. <laughs> it is our long-awaited, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> our cult episode. Our cult episode. So, so, so a New England so. cult. New um, England cults. So we've had this, like, so <laughs> Ryan. We have a text chain. Ryan has we, had this idea. We have, we have a text chain where we go back and forth about this. And again, guys, we've said this multiple times. As much as we do this for you, we really do it for us. It's a good time for us to hang out. So sometimes we got some stuff planned out. We do a really good job. Sometimes wait, we don't. What? Wait. What are you boys drinking? Oh, man. Rich, you idiot. You can't just I, let me get through the whole intro there and just be like, well, you I know didn't, what you fucking forgot? I didn't think about it until I just reached okay. for my beer, and I was like, we just launched into the topic. So sorry. I'm drinking Lawson's A Little Sip. Not sip oh, sunshine, like their little lager? sip. No, it's still IPA, but it's just as you can see, it's a blue can instead of the classic yellow can. Love that. We're a big uh, um, can. How, what are your thoughts? How do you feel about can art that is taped on, like on just like a regular can? I feel like, like that's how a lot of places a do it. Colored can. If but it can't be that that cool, like it can't have that cool of a design because that's expensive. Or would you prefer a cooler design, but just like a sticker? I prefer a cooler design, but a sticker. Okay, I think I kind of agree with you. I think I kind of agree with you. Anyways. Personally, as a Bob, what are you guy. Hmm. Rich, what are you <laughs> drinking? God, what are you drinking? I just asked you. What are you drinking? Oh, oh. okay, so I didn't have any beer, so I had to come up with Tito's something. Tito's and soda? Nope, I have tequila, Hornitos, and I haven't mixed... Uh, I didn't have many mixers, so I just squeeze an orange, <laughs> and I put some agave and seltzer water, and it honestly just tastes like seltzer water with agave. It's terrible, but it's doing a job. Um, and the orange did nothing. Like squeezing an orange, you don't get what you think you're gonna get. It's just a big orange too. You get. It takes a lot of oranges to make like a decent amount of juice. Say, yeah, it was nothing. So that's what I'm drinking. Huh. It's so funny. Huh. Interesting. Rich, what are you drinking? Okay. Wait, finest uh, kind. Yeah, but uh, out of the can today, boys. But out of the can what? today. Yeah, I actually have you actually like uh, poured poured a can into a 16 ounce pint recently. Yeah. I think unless it's recommended to be drinking the can, I think it's just like uh, highly improves the drinking. Yeah, it does experience to be honest way better glass. glass you want a glass with that yeah exactly. hey, you want a glass with that i'm a big no guy i'm a big no no thank you really I, glass I thought you just said you 
Wait, what? I I I did because I just tried it out last night. Oh, okay. The keg ran out, and so I was like, oh, you know, I have a couple here. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna keep it going right in the glass. I'm kind of in a glass mood, so I did it. I was like, you know what? This is kind of dope. I think it tastes better. It does the trick. Yeah, the glass makes it taste better. Hundred percent. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we have a text group, and we go back and forth on those in that text group, especially when we're last minute planning on what to do. And a lot of times we set the time of recording before we set the topic because we have in the past had a harder time getting the time set than the topic. Um, And so (laughs) Carby's had this idea for, I'm going to say like six plus months. Uh, I was going to say going on a year. We've talked about it in the episodes we're looking forward to in the new year. Yeah, exactly. The fans know about this. Hey, let's do Colts of New England. And we're always like, yeah, we could. You're like, yeah, good idea. Or, 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 And so we'd always come up with something else. We finally got to the point where, uh, honestly, like me and Nick did not respond nearly fast enough. And uh, Garby did a great job of locking in the episode. He was just like Colts. Sending the, sending <laughs> the switching it up. Which was, a, which was a great podcast. Um, and so we're going to be talking about the Attleboro Sec uh, cult of uh, New England. Attleboro Mass. Attleboro Mass. Attleboro Mass. Um, some of you may live near that. Um, and there's also ties to Maine, so that's pretty crazy. Where Thank is Attleboro, like first of all? Nick, where's Attleboro? Uh, it's like southern Massachusetts. It's like southern on the way Lake. if you're going to like Foxborough. Like, like an hour by, from Boston. Down by where the Pats play. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, maybe not I think that. I think not like an hour, but okay. yeah. Oh, it's right, right it's on so, the border? Shares south a border of Boston. With, uh, shares a border with Rhode Island. Right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, you're right next to Pawtucket. Man, Rhode Island is small. Yeah. Wow. Anyways, so yeah, Attleboro, Mass. And also a relevant spot, Garby, is um, Baxter State Park. Baxter State Park. Also involved. Talked about you that like before. You hiked that area. You like weren't, like, we'll jump into it, but like, you yeah, were. We've been up there. Yeah. I've been up there. Um. So we got to shout out the podcast first, for sure. Because uh, they did a great job, and the podcast is a Spotify original podcast uh, called Cults, and it was I think literally just called the Attleboro Sec. Yep. Um, and there's two parts, thirty minutes a piece, pretty much. Yeah. Um, extremely informative. I thought they did a really good job of succinctly talking through everything. Um, you definitely could like you don't need to listen to the episodes back to back. I thought they did a really good job of like introing you back in episode recap, episode, and, and I. Yeah, and I listened to them back to back. Um, it was like definitely super creepy. So, like, I don't like, know. I'm not yeah. saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying they kind of hit the tone. Uh, and so, yeah. It's just like really classic cult shit. Yeah, it was some really classic cult shit. So, um, I figured we'd just like walk through kind of like a timeline and like talk a little bit about who they are, how they got started. Yeah. And then roll into like our thoughts and, and whatnot. Again, highly recommend listening to the podcast if you're a little more interested in, in it. We're not going to do like what they did so it'll be a condensed version and so that might be enough for you and if not go check it out again spotify or like a different a different cult yeah or a different cult or recommend another cult of new england for us to do well yeah and here's the thing there's the thing about this cult episode is we had to dig a little bit to find this i mean there's not a lot of cults in new england that were turns out we're not like we don't have a lot of cults no we don't we're good it's just weird We're, we're good people up here you would kind i mean if you were like, oh, take the regions of the U.S., what do you think the most cults live? I don't think – I mean, I'm not saying we're number oh, one, I would, but I, would, really, I, I wouldn't I would have had to live low. No way. <laughs> like, out west, dude. California. 
Yeah, okay. I so, anyways, I would say the um, South, like Louisiana, Mississippi, the backwoods. We, we probably should have talked about this. Garb, do you want to go through the timeline and brief overview, or I feel like this. Yeah, is your I can go stuff. through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is your game, and the, the fans love you, Garb. It gives oh. me a big time to jump in and crack jokes. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. All right, so we start off with this man no, named Roland Robodeau. Roland, uh, Roland Robodeau, uh, in his thirties, he has a he has kids and a wife. Salesman, just your typical salesman, going around knocking on doors in the 1970s. Listens to this talk show, inspires him, uh, opens his heart to God, becomes a big churchgoer, moves from Catholicism to this thing called the Worldwide Church of God, becomes a minister, becomes involved in this church, eventually leaves as he thinks when he's 30, when he's 36, leaves as the uh, too much of an authority, whatever. Yeah, because the guy who like ran the church was like really flashy too, and he like, yeah, he, he was like a minimalist. Like that's a big theme in this. Is like he was a minimalist, yes. right? Yeah. So he starts his own Bible group in Mansfield, Mass. He pretty much like this just Bible study is where where this came from. A Bible Which study like it turned into seventy thing. people. Yeah, it's like scary how like my, it like grew from like a prayer. It group. just grew from nothing. It grew from this yeah. one guy. Um, yeah. And he basically preached about good thing, good looks are bad, society's bad, uh, glamour's bad. Yeah, like I like also like um, like science and like modern medicine and stuff. Right. It's the premise is not very new in the sense that it's very much like you shouldn't need anything that God can't provide you. Exactly. And like exactly. I think a lot of people would say even if you were a believer of medicine. And a believer of God, you're like, well, the fact that we have medicine is because of God. And maybe that's what you yep. believe, right? Yep. So the whole problem is your interpretation of how and what God has given you is 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 very much like, you know, to the – and like they talk about – that's why this podcast is so good. They talk about the psychology behind it and how it's like very yeah. much in the here and now, right? It's right. got to be a sign or it's got to be out of nowhere, right, or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he leaves um... – no, he leaves. We already talked about it. 1980s. Basically, he buys a two-story house in North Attleboro. These people from his Bible study, a lot of them follow him. He meets this other dude named Roger Deneau. Um, Basically, this guy, Roger Deneau, good friend of him, but Roland, the, the starter of all this, he basically takes control. And it turns into basically if anybody speaks against him, asks questions, they're shut down. Nobody in a congregation talks to them. Uh, and they just say, hey, you're led by Satan for questioning Roland. So this is a long, like, this is, I just went through basically 14 years. Yeah. Right? I took 14 years to get to this point, and it was a slow burn. And yeah, I think it's, that. It's a clear transformation of an individual, like, yeah, getting. It's like snowball effect. Like, as yeah. he acquires more power and more followers, yeah. and I feel like, like he gets, a, like, more entrenched in these views and, like, his minimalist thoughts progress like, like even further almost. and it's like he just gets more and more in tune with his yeah. ideas yeah and the the part that i thought was interesting that i thought was like kind of probably a little bit and, it, and it's very relevant to the rest of the story is he's like kind of the leader and like if you speak against him or something like that um you you like garby said you're shut down and he would like claim that satan's in your head and and and, and whatnot but everybody could have these um, 
like what they call leadings, like leadings, yeah, like prophecies, like, yeah, prophecies. These thing they call leadings or prophecies, like anybody could have them, anybody in the church. And so from that perspective, it was like Roland might be the leader, but anybody can be touched by God. And right. like I think like that was probably a big part of the attraction, I guess. Right? Was like it could happen to anybody. It's not like we all got to like wait for God to talk to Roland and then you know, him to talk to us. That was a, what I think it ended up being a lot of. Yeah. But like, theoretically at any moment, God could talk to you. Right. Which like, again, becomes a, a big theme mm. here is these leadings and, and, and where they lead. But yeah. His son, Jacques, um, marries Karen Deneau, who's the daughter of this guy, Roger Deneau, that he, I had talked about earlier that he met up with and, and became good friends with. Jacques takes a leadership position in this, I don't know what they would call it, this, the sect, the Attleboro sect. They probably called it a congregation or the church. I don't know what they called it themselves. And like, like we had said, they basically taught that entertainment, financial sector, schooling, government, mainstream religion, science, and medicine were Satan's seven counterfeit systems to control the world. And so Jacques really becomes a protagonist here because of what happens. Um, so Jacques now is kind of like the equivalent to Jesus almost like, yeah. Cause he like has this, like he has a leading like while he, cause his dad owns a chimney business, right? Yeah. Roland's chimney sweeps. Dad yeah. Owns a chimney business. And Jacques like, apparently opened up like a window cleaning business. And like, apparently he's cleaning a window one day and he gets, a leading that's like you have to leave this business right now you have to leave all this behind it's like and you like, cannot work another minute yeah and he just it, like drops what he's doing and he's like and, i'm done and working and bounces yeah and like goes to and essentially tells this leading of like we have to essentially because this group's already withdrawn from society a good amount and so now it's like we have to like really withdraw even more than we had before right and really get into this like completely wall themselves off right and like roland i think like ends up making him like an elder of the group right yeah and so now this is the late 90s so keep in mind this is now 11 years after they bought the north attleboro house so again it's like a slow burn and there's like 40 people in this congregation still and i think that most of them probably started off with yeah with roland in the first place um so eventually, for some reason, I don't know if you guys remember, but they just went to Maine um, because oh. that's where they thought that God wanted them. That was, was like a the, no. their Jerusalem. Was yeah, how they described Jacques, it. Jacques had a Jacques had a leading. So Jacques had a leading, and essentially the leading said the promised land is in Maine. Their hmm. Jerusalem is in Maine. Because the whole thing about this group is, and the whole point that the slow burn is relevant is, they think that they're a chosen group right. for God. Right, like they think that they're they're the chosen. They they are the group that's going to find providence. Right, you know, at the end of the day, um, and so this is a slow burn because like they're chilling, and like at this point in time, they're not really doing any. Like, it probably sounds very cultish, and it's a cult episode, so you're thinking that, right? But they're not doing anything too too crazy, and they're definitely not super far off of like deep community religious groups that like exist and and are perfectly, perfectly fine. Right. They just like kind of think themselves blessed and are retreating from society and then are starting to become dangerous because they're starting to turn away from like medicine and stuff. like Yeah. Like at this point, nothing illegal. Right. And like, it's weird, but I don't even know if you would say it's super immoral. They're living their lives and it's what they want, you know, whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they're, uh, and they're following the same Bible that a lot of other religions follow, and right. they're just interpreting differently, right. which is to this point. Problem with, to yeah, this point. Problem to this point. So to the, yeah, to this. Yeah. <laughs> but Jacques has a leading. Jacques has a leading saying Jerusalem's in Maine, and furthermore, we're leaving, and you got to leave everything behind. You're bringing your family and our ability yeah. to transport ourselves. Better yet. Don't fill up the gas tanks. Yeah, specifically. <laughs> yeah, don't and we're leaving food. tonight. By the way, and we're leaving yeah. tonight. Right, like now, it's we're, not. We're and yeah. so they get they get up and they're going, and like car by car runs out of gas. Child by child gets really really hungry. Shit goes south super fast. And then I'm sure you're gonna get into this, Garby. But there's this guy Dennis, right? Mm-hmm. Who's, I think Jacques' sister's husband. And essentially, he's still tight with his mom, even though that you're really not supposed to be. Everybody's supposed to have retreated from anybody who's not in the community. Yeah. And she ends up calling the main state police and they find him on the side of the road. Right. Eventually, right. Jacques caves and says, this must have been a test from God about failure. And they take essentially a handout to get gas to go back to Attleboro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, right before this, they had a baby boy. Um, the Jacques, the Jacques character had a baby boy. Samuel. Samuel, Jacques' wife, Karen. Okay, Karen. I said that already. Just yeah. clarifying that. Okay, so basically, Samuel um, progresses as a baby, walking by eight months. Samuel slaying it. He slaying loves it. Cheerios, peas, and mashed carrots. That's right. That's right. So he's walking by eight months. Um, <laughs> and Dennis, key player that Rich had just talked about. His mom's mm-hmm. the one who kind of like Dennis called the police. Know key player he kind of just started thinking about that he needed to separate um but his wife who was jacques sister was like no i'm not separating from this um i'm staying here michelle michelle right michelle and she's like i'm not your kids are staying with us but he left and just yeah yeah. they go back and forth quite a bit but essentially he's like i i can't live like this and he leaves and then he just like is visiting but like whenever they he would visit like his kids would ignore him the community would ignore him he would literally just go there to check on them like make sure yeah. they're alive make sure that things are cool yeah so this Mich- this michelle bitch she's like <laughs> oh i feel like at this point it was like okay so this is what she claims that she has a leading yeah michelle has a leading that karen and her son um or her well, that it's sorry, Karen that's is Samuel. too worried about her appearance. Right, she's too vain. She's too worried about her appearance, and yeah. she and she claims that herself. But then all of a sudden, she has this leading that um, the baby of Karen and the baby of Jacques need to only survive on breast milk at this point. And the leading well, Karen, is Karen can have almond milk. Karen can have can almond have milk. Breast milk, and the baby can only have breast milk, and that's the leading. So they went with it. Um, this is like right after Dennis, or this at least they talk about it right after Dennis leaves. Yes. And so like they don't say this in the podcast, but they infer kind of that like Michelle and Dennis go back and forth for a while, but Michelle is literally the daughter of the guy who starts this whole thing. And so she's not leaving, doesn't let him take the kids. And so she's obviously pissed, right? Sees probably Jacques and Karen doing their thing and then you know claims she has a leading that essentially karen who's 
got her husband and her kids and is at the head of the class for the place, you know, can't, can't eat food. See, and at this point, like, honestly, because it kind of, like you were saying, Rich, they get into the psychology of it where if, like, if I was Karen, I would just retort after a while and be like, I had a leading that said that, like, I am, like... I have been through this trials and tribulations. I can right. now eat and give my baby food also. This was a test. Right, exactly. Right. Um, if she was, like, yeah. Or you would think that, like, Michelle, after a while, might be like, you know what I mean? So either Michelle really think, because, like, so essentially, like, they they go at this for too long. We'll wait until Garvey finishes here, but they go at this for too long. And so you would think, like, Michelle would have at some point been like, Oh, I got another leading. You've passed the test or something like that, right? Or Jacques would have, right? Like, why wouldn't somebody else? It's like, that's the only thing working in her favor that she actually thinks she had a leading saying this, right? That, like, somebody needs to essentially starve themselves and their children, right? right? Um, Is that she didn't at some point in time just say, oh, a leading was wrong. Like, you know what I mean? Or, like, it was another test of failure. Or, hey, you passed or whatever it is. But anyways, so. Yeah. So, basically... Jacques is like, yeah, you need to follow this. As the dad, he's still like, yeah, you need to follow this. This is a leading, um, and we need to do it. So, like, one day passes, and the baby Samuel just wouldn't stop crying. He's hungry. Jacques's like, okay, we can give him some almond milk. And then Roland finds out. He's like, he scolds Jacques, and he's like, nope, can't give him almond milk. That's not what the leading said. You got to go buy it. So it was clear um, at that point the baby, like, just started suffering wouldn't stop crying. Karen, the mom couldn't even be bathe the baby as it was like losing weight so fast that she could feel the bones in her hands. Um, and the baby started becoming discolored, discolored and his eyes would just roll back into his head yeah. just cause it was just like, he's probably going like going into literally just like a, like shock. Just yeah. Like yeah. So they called for prayer. Um, and they prayed and the baby just, Died. Well, they even, yeah, they made a point yeah. of, like, being, like, Jacques was, like, now, like, okay, I can no oh, longer yeah. go on like this. And he's, like, they were, like, instead of seeking out medical attention, he went to the congregation and was, like, guys, we can't go on like this. We must pray for Samuel. And it's, like, they're just also brainwashed at that point that that was, like, what his yeah. fine he was like before that they weren't even like praying for it but they're like okay break yeah. glass in case of emergency let's whip out some group prayer yeah it's it's like and that's the part of this whole thing where you're like you're like scared because you're like oh my lord these people are the same like this is just a part of the human condition like that people can go this far i know and, like that know. can take something from like a prayer group to like star starving your ch- starving your own child right uh, starving your own child and like you weren't even the one who had the leading right like it's not like you thought you actually had a, a vision or something like that not that that would make it any better but I, like you're literally going off of something that somebody else said here and it's just wild to me it's crazy and like it it's when you like sit back and think that the kid essentially starved to death like that's just it's so sad and so again i i wouldn't if you're squeamish to that stuff i probably wouldn't listen to the podcast because it, it doesn't get graphic but you're you're in that section for 
a good portion of the time. Um, and it's definitely, yeah, definitely sad for sure. Anyways, to reveal it, they have a quote because they found his journal. He said, Samuel is sleeping with God because his mother, Karen, needed to learn a lesson. That's what that's how he reveals that the baby, his son had passed away. Yeah. Which is just like so unbelievably like. Very messed up. Yeah. Um, So Dennis, um, he's out at this time. And there's a new pregnancy. Another daughter of Roland, I believe, Rebecca, is pregnant. Dennis knows about that because Dennis is allowed to come back to the whatever building conclave. Um, and he's allowed to see everybody, but they just kind of don't talk to him outside of like maybe the kids. They, they still let him in. So he knows that she is pregnant. Um, and still they don't believe in modern medicine. Babies. She's going through labor. There's no doctor or midwife. The only support was prayer. She had a difficult delivery and basically the baby just suffocated to death and came out stillborn. Um, and at this point, the cult just didn't talk about it. They didn't really mention a whole lot about it in their conversations. They just kind of ignore it, shook it off. Um, but Dennis, who comes around, he notices, okay, Rebecca is clearly not pregnant anymore. And I'm not hearing or seeing anything about a child. So he's suspicious the sect is having a yard a yard sale. Which is like the weirdest thing. Like, okay, because you're gonna find out why. Um, they're having a yard sale. So Dennis, he sneaks into the to the house. He looks around. He even like he's like he's looking for the baby. He has suspicions that the babies are dead. He even looks in the freezer because which is like he he knew something was up. He found journals. Uh, and they wound up being journals of Jacques uh, with detailed accounts of, you know, the starvation of Samuel. And Dennis is now freaking out because he's just fearing what's going to happen to his children. Yeah. The, like the part that was like a little scary for me is that he like still didn't go to the cops at that point. Yeah. Like at that point, like he gives his wife an opportunity, his wife, Michelle, an opportunity to essentially leave the sack. Yeah. He goes like one more time. He's like, come on, let's go. He's like, it describes him like knocking on the door for like hours and she just like doesn't come to the door. Yeah. And I'm guessing like, again, it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, don't, don't judge people, right? When you haven't walked their shoes, but like, I'm guessing it's like, cause essentially like, which we'll talk about this whole thing blows up because of Dennis, like Dennis figures like shit out and like, like does the right thing eventually. But like, he doesn't go right to the police. He's like, gives her an opportunity to leave. And it's like, what about all the rest of the people and all the rest of the things that are going on? And like, you got to imagine there's probably cause he doesn't want his family in the news. Um, and like to go yeah. through that and to like be looked at as a cult, but still it was just like, that was the part that I was like, good Lord. dude. Yeah. Well, he gives her a week. Yeah. So he gives her Which an ultimatum. Wild. Yeah, that's a long like, time. Figured out a child has died. Yeah. Like, so like he gives him a week. He's like, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna share with the police if you don't like leave. So he comes back. Michelle won't even come to the door anymore. And then they all just bounce. They go back to me. Yeah. Um. Up and to Baxter State Park. They they go to Baxter State Park, Troutbrook Farm camp campground, which is right by Katahdin, which is where I hiked. Yeah. And that sounds familiar. It's definitely right in the area. I don't remember if that's where where Queso had uh had camped or not. 
Okay, so friend of the podcast. But this is in September, and they're they're celebrating a Sukkot, which is basically a Jewish holiday. Um, and so they're all like dancing around and stuff. They're being photographed and filmed, and they have the coffins of two the two babies with yeah, them samuel and jeremiah yeah samuel because well, they're and like jeremiah. part of their I, the reason that they went up there was to bury the bodies in the holy land yeah and the thought was that they would then like the spiritual power was so powerful in this area that were they to bury the bodies of the kids there like the entire group would receive spiritual enlightenment and the kids would actually rise from the dead. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's obviously not coincidental that they also left like right away. Cause they knew the police might be coming. Right. So yeah. it's like, yeah. um, so basically as the festivities are going on, they're doing their dancing. The men take the coffins. Um, they find an area, they dig it out, they bury them next morning, return the mass. Um, but at this point, Dennis had reported while they were gone to the police. So the police show up to do a well-being check on Samuel. Um, they somehow revealed to the police also while they were doing the well check that Jeremiah was dead. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that got revealed, but they're like, oh, yeah, our, there was another baby that died just to let yeah, you know. I think that they said it's that like, he was like stillborn or something. Yeah. Like that. And so yeah. They, but then they were like, where? Then. right yeah, like can... where's where is he yeah the so child. they dug the backyard out um and the children were removed taken by like social services yeah. um and basically jacques was taken into custody uh custody he de- declined to plead the fifth they arrested him they arrested his his wife wait it was his wife karen who was yeah, white who's karen yeah, karen's his wife they arrested Fucking karen dumbass who eventually pled the fifth yeah um and Dennis was awarded custody of his kids, but the kids wouldn't talk to him because they were so indoctrinated. Um, it took a while for them to start acting like regular kids. And no matter what, they would still believe that Samuel was going to come back to life. That was the one thing that they couldn't shake for quite a while, which was. Yeah. Which makes sense. You're yeah, a kid and it's yeah, scary. And so yeah. like, that's what you put on to. So eventually the police spoke with the kids and because the, they brought the kids up with them to Baxter and they basically told the police uh, what they knew and what they remembered. And eventually they found. Um, well, they ended up leaving on, they ended up leaning on David who of David and Rebecca, who's again, one of Jacques sisters, one of right. his kids and, and David, essentially they bring in this cult expert, psychologist expert. Yeah. Who, who essentially like for lack of the better word, like gets through to David. Um, David and Rebecca are the ones that had the stillborn and uh, who had suffocated and, and whatnot. And so they have other kids that they don't get to see right now. And because of that, David cracked essentially trades confession and showing them where the bodies were for immunity and a chance to see his kids again. Yeah. And they find the bodies. They are able to charge essentially everybody. And, um, you know, <clears throat> Jacques gets life. Essentially, Jacques the one that gets hit with the most. Yeah. Um, Roland and friends somehow get off. Roland gets nothing. Roland yeah, just does so weird. Wild to me. Like, I, which I mean, I guess that's just how the law works. I 
again, this is the part where I, I don't even feel like we want to go over much just because I don't think we'll do it justice. Like they do a really good job of quickly going through like all the legal things that happened, right? Where you're kind of like, geez, I'm crow. It's really easy to see how bad people can get away with really bad things because like a lot of it comes down to them first not having bodies and therefore can't and and these people not talking um which is the smartest thing to do when you're in legal trouble right um and it, you know and they essentially don't talk and they can't find the bodies and so like they have a really hard time like charging them with stuff that's going to put them away and make sure that the stuff doesn't happen again until they find the bodies but still everybody else who was there and complacent in the situation and is up when they're burying the bodies isn't charged. Right. And so this thing continues on even after Jacques gets charged and whatnot. And essentially until Roland passes away in 2006 at the age of 65. Yeah. Which was like when they threw that date out, I was like 2006. Well, it's like it really kind of puts it in perspective because I feel like you think about this stuff and you're like, ah, this probably happened in like the 1890s or like the early 1900s. It's like this, like we were in high school and this shit was going on. (laughs) Like crazy. Even like you were in high school and there's this group of people or middle school, this group of people like starving their children. Again, that's, that's, you know, again, and again, like I think. I'm not here to pass judgment on anybody, but like it was, it's, it's, you a can very, pass judgment on them. I mean, it's, yeah, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just, okay. saying I'm, I'm just saying, you're right. You're right. It, this is wrong. 100%, yeah. This is wrong. Um, but I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not sitting here to rip on these people. Uh, but it was just a really like crazy situation because it's so close to us, right? Like these guys were up at Baxter State Park. I was living in Maine during that time, right? You know yeah. I mean? They broke down on Route One in Maine. Yeah. Right. Which and they came up from Attleboro, Mass. And they didn't put gas in their car. So they probably broke up broke down somewhere in southern Maine, probably not very far from Biddeford. Hmm. Like when you think about it. I it's know, like, it's that's so creepy, like, really, dude. Really weird about this whole uh, thing. Is like, I was like, to think this I've, shit's probably always going on. There's always yeah, something And I've heard like about these things in California, Montana, Utah, right? Like, you know what I mean? But like you know, even, yeah, I, even a, a variety of different groups, but not really, like, here. And that was, like, yeah, it was wild. So that was a weird experience. Did you guys have any other thoughts about it? Well, did you catch, because it was really quick, like, this David and Rebecca, who had the second kid who died? Yeah. They had it. She was pregnant again. Yeah. And basically, they claimed that she had a miscarriage. But there was no proof of anything. Because yeah. they didn't go to a doctor to be like, hey, you're officially pregnant. Yeah. And there was no body. Yeah. But she was visibly pregnant. Yeah. So it's like, again, if you're visibly they, they, pregnant they and you have a miscarriage, I don't know. They ended up not being able to charge them at all because they yeah. were like, there was no evidence that their first kid died because of their neglect. Right. And so essentially, that's how they, yeah, quote unquote, got off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, it, because they were granted immunity. Yeah. 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 That's one so, where I feel like it's like your opinion. Like, one could argue that it was neglectful to not seek out medical attention to assist. Yes, absolutely. No, no, no. I think that that, I think that they said that they're like, right. You're not wrong. But like, I, I think that they they were essentially like, there was no proof that this wasn't a factor because of childbirth. Yeah. Right. Whereas like for Samuel, they were like, you can say he died, maybe died of a bunch of diseases. They all would have been from the fact that he wasn't being fed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So, 
Uh, he's like, so they're like, which Ugh. way you want to cut? Which way you want to cut it up? Doesn't really matter. He yeah. either got the diseases and died because of those, but he died because they he got them because he wasn't fed, or he he died because he wasn't fed. Oh, right? You know what I mean? It's just fucked up. Um, yeah, this this one got me a little fired up. It was this one was tough to listen to. It's tough, um, but but I will say again, um, really good. Again, just closing thoughts on my end. Um, really really creepy story. So if you're into creepy podcast stuff, definitely definitely listen to that. Um, it was kind of mind blowing. Um, the podcast that does this does a really good job. Super succinct. Feel like I had a really good understanding of the whole story. I mean, whether that's true or not, but I'm just saying like, I didn't leave there with a bunch of questions. Um, short, digestible. And so great job there. And so how many, how many cults do you think are out there? Like, do you think you know somebody that's part Currently. of a cult that isn't that just, you wouldn't know that they're part of a cult? I don't know. Did you kind of make it known if you're part of a cult? No. I mean, like, does this happen a lot? I just feel like, too, talking about the psychology of it, and at one point it's like, these people were trapped, like, psychologically. They were like, we are part of this. They were just so brainwashed. And I'm just like, how often does this happen? It's the slow burn, right? Yeah. all All the really bad stuff that went down here happened within essentially, from essentially late 90s so like call it 98 to like to like roland passes away in 06 right and like that's after all that shit went down so like really to uh, to 04 yeah and so it's like that six year span whereas they had had like 15 years of like just living separate from society and life being bliss and like whatever right you know what i mean and so like you go on believing all of this and you drink the Kool-Aid and the Kool-Aid is satisfying and it's doubled down because like nothing bad's happened to you. And that's what big Roland said is if you kept doing this stuff, when something comes up, somebody tells you it's a test and you're like, ah, we've told you God was going to test you. Here yes. it is. Like, you know what I mean? And you're like, okay, it, it, the, the harder this test becomes, the more I'm convinced it's a test, right? You know what I mean? The, the, the more trial and tribulation, because they talk about Jock. Jock goes away and it's years later before he starts being like, Ooh, maybe I wasn't in the right here. And then it like takes him getting divorce papers to essentially be like, oh my gosh. Takes him quite a while to snap out. Right? Of oh my gosh. Yeah. And and he's still a believer, right? Which, you know. You guys ever don't get me see wrong, yeah. I, I think of myself as a spiritual man, but like, you know, he's 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 still a believer. After all of that, I and for you realizing what you did, like I that would be tough. Um, and so it, again, even now, but anyways, I mean, he clear, he luckily they have this nice little segment at the end where they talk about how he's essentially like admitted he was wrong, um, and admitted that like this was his fault and that yeah, he, he should fucking intertwine just, yeah. and whatnot. And like, obviously recommends people like that, but they have him leading a prayer group in jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Did you hear that at the end? And I was like, What? Yeah, I don't know. You guys ever like, see the thing on uh, the Netflix like documentary movie Waco about the yeah. like Branch Davidians? Yeah, I just found it very. I mean, like my knowledge of cults is very minimal. I would say, yeah. but just having seen that and then listened to this podcast, it seems like they are very much not like cookie cutter is the wrong term. Sure, but I found the storylines like 
incredibly eerily similar. Well, yeah, where you I, were I saying like a recipe, there's right? there's a period of like you know like stagnancy where like everything's going good and everyone's you're kind of gaining traction and you're like wow everything's really good yeah. here like this this is a good way of life and like something kind of changes and there's like you said it's like bad stuff starts happening and you're like ah this is a test and you kind of like dig deeper and like ingrain yourself in that and you're like this is a test this is a test and then there's yeah. like one person that kind of is like ah this is like really fucked up and starts like kind of like seeding trying to see that throughout the group and like eventually people catch on but at that point it's kind of catch on in the sense where you're like oh maybe this is not the best way to live but it's like it's just kind of too late at that point yeah, yeah what did I mean, the lady think, yeah. say like her opinion of the difference between a cult and just a religion is that when you start having doubts you're basically shunned from the group uh and you're told that it's like a test right yeah, is that and, what and she like, yeah, like well, and like also like cult folks who are in a cult display similar behavior to those who are in an abusive relationship, right? right. You know, yeah, and, you know, and so um, there's something about it that causes that person to feel like they can't leave, right? Um, and so they don't, or that they won't be safe, and so they they don't, and so, um, yeah, I don't know, it's wild, but anyways, um, any closing thoughts, boys? No, I feel like we covered Pretty everything. Fucked up. If you feel like yeah. you're being pressured into doing something that you don't want to do, just don't do it. Yeah, I mean, it is like the most extreme. <laughs> it is honestly the most extreme. Peer pressure. Like, yeah. Peer pressure, right? Like, and like peer pressure and its worst outcome, essentially. Oh my right? God. Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just one thing that like <laughs> this is like so randomly specific, but I kept thinking there's like a line from the office with Creed and he's like, I've been part of a lot of cults in my day. He's like, you make more money as a leader, but you have a lot more fun as a follower. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's wild. Uh, all right, cool. How about them Celtics boys? <laughs> Let's go Celts. Dude, I'm excited. What's the schedule here? I'm honestly right, so play Sunday. Honestly, the game by the time this is published, bring, bring on, bring on the Nets. I'm glad. That's we got what him. I said. I'm glad we got That's exactly him. what I, I said. I'm glad we got him because honestly, I feel like the Nets represent a hill the Celtics need to get over, and I've been really excited to see the Celtics. And I know people are bummed about Robin Williams, but I'm almost like I'm almost I am almost glad they're going into it with that adversity. And I'm glad they got the Brooklyn Nets because if they beat the Brooklyn Nets, no Rob Williams, like watch out everybody else. And that's not because I think the Brooklyn Nets are necessarily better than like Milwaukee or even the Heat. I don't actually. I think they get beat by both those teams. But I think they have really difficult players that we'll need to find answers for. And I think they they got Kyrie, which just represents like – Their past kind of like poor attitude. so much promise, right? When we were like, you know, yeah, Hayward broke his ankle, but that year we came out loud. Like we had a bunch of wins. Kyrie was rocking it. Jason Tatum was like out of nowhere, the best recruit that year. Brown was figuring it out and now had some competition, right? And he was getting better. And then that whole drama with Kyrie and it just deflated a lot of stuff. And like, I feel like this is the most positive I've been about the about the Celtics since then. Yeah. Um, Damn, I was hoping we'd be able to watch the game, Rich, but it's Sunday afternoon, Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, so, um, anyways, yeah, it's it's really exciting to see them in the playoffs. Really excited to see Jason Tatum stepping into his own. 
um, and taking I, like another big step. I think I watched um, one Celtic game this year. Oh, one. Really? Yeah, that's wow. it. Browns been electric. Yeah, um, has been. They've just been a crazy dynamic. Game. Yeah. So and kind of got... along your lines, I just feel like they like not that I thought it needed to be Brooklyn Nets, but. I didn't want to see them get like Cleveland or like some team that was like, yeah. like I think for this team to be engaged, they need an opponent that's worth engaging in. And so like, I think this team can go far, but I think if they were to get some like cake matchup in the first round that they win in five, like maybe sweep call a gentleman sweep five games that they go into the second round, like a little cocky, probably off their game. Whereas, like, this one, you're going to have to, like, lock down to win it, and they're going to come in the second round, and whoever it winds up being, like, they're going to be ready to go. And at that point, hopefully, it looks like Williams will be back a lot sooner than we anticipated. Um, So, at that point, hopefully, he kind of comes back and can start contributing, and they can make a serious run at it. Because, I mean, for the last three months, they've been the best team in the NBA offensive and defensively. I mean, yep. you can say the Suns, but if you're just going by pure offensive rating and defensive rating, they've been the best yep. since the start of the new year, essentially. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Nick, you're stuff. loving Marcus Smart right now. Well, so have you, if you take a look at his statistics. Yeah. He's loving he's, Marcus Smart because he's playing a game that he thought he should be playing the whole time. He's not, he's not shooting. He's yeah. playing. He has seeded his, offensive what's the word i'm looking for what like the role that he thought he deserved he has ceded that to brown and allowed brown to take more of an offensive role allowed tatum to take the alpha role like he should have been taking and he's been like more of a point guard and that's got to be the coach right like the coach had to have well so dude like i I mean like we got to give credit to odoka because brad stevens clearly was not getting it done and Udoka so far, I mean, it's, you know, not even one full season yet, but looks like the guys have bought in and they are ready to make like a legit run here. Love it. Yeah. And like, I mean, I, I just, I just imagine a world where he sat down Marcus Smart and was like, dude, you need to, like, you got to be thinking past, man. And like, there's plenty of people who have made their, who have made their name as like the best facilitators. And that could be you. Yeah, um, I'm happy to see that. And um, I kind of think, dude, like I hate to take it back up to the top, but I think a lot of that started with Danny Ainge. I think that he enabled a lot of that kind of mentality in the Celtics. And I think that like the fact that they got rid of him was a big. I, I think that I think that Brad Stevens wanted to play a version of team ball that just like didn't utilize the superstar of Jason Tatum and the secondary star of, of Brown to the level that we needed to. And that's what Udoka said in his introductory press conference. That was like one of the reasons they hired him is he's like, I can get these guys into like to ascend to the level that I think they can ascend to. And so far it looks like it's working. And that's the thing is whereas Brad wanted to be like, pass, 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 look for the open three. And, and hey, give like good for the go for the highest percentage shot. It's the NBA, man. The highest percentage shot is with your best player. And so unless they don't have a shot like that's your highest percentage shot. 
Um, well, just like and, more so run the offense through them. Like it's not about Tatum playing exactly. hero ball. Tatum, dude, Tatum's averaging like five assists a game. That's, the Milwaukee Bucks won a championship that way last year. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's just how it was. It's like, like the ball goes to Tatum. Yeah. If Tatum doesn't have something, it goes to Brown. Yeah. Ever and heard then, of the fucking Chicago Bulls? Like, you know what I mean? They did it for years, oh, right? This like, guy, uh, just, Michael Jordan, he's got some yeah, shoes. Like, I, yeah, and I'm not. That's not me saying that Jason Tatum is Michael Jordan, but I'm like, you have to run the you run the offense like that though, where you have a monstrous like second person too, right? Where so it's like, and that's really what it's looked like for the Celtics is you've got these two people who are just amazing on offense and really good on defense, and then the rest <laughs> of the team is really defensively sharp and are getting opportunities now because people are like, we have to stop this dynamic duo. And then they forget about everybody else who can still play basketball. Whereas like Brad Stevens was like, Oh, everybody here can play basketball. Like we should give everybody a chance to be their best self. It's not, no, it's not how the game's run anymore, man. And so like, that's why we're doing so good. And everybody else is becoming a better player. I think because of it, I, especially Marcus smart. Um, who was like, when I saw 13 assists in a game, I was like, damn, Marcus. It's like that. That's fucking awesome. Go You're contributing off, 26 points at least. That's if every one of those is not a three. Like that's, that's wild. That's great. So anyways. Cool. Um, watching anything good? Play anything good? What's we'll anything good? Just finished watching. This is a little bit of an older show. It came out in 2016, but it was on HBO called The Night Of. Um, very good show. It's a mini series. Would highly recommend if you guys have not cool. seen it. Is it a um, comedy? No. It is not. I need comedy. I need comedy in my It's life. about this Pakistani kid who they're in New York. In Pakistan or in US? No, it's in the US. He's just yeah. like like it, it kind of plays his race plays like a role in it, but Of course, yeah. Um yeah, it's I mean like without giving like a ton away essentially he like goes out for a night, borrows his dad's cab to like go to a party. This girl winds up getting into the cab, and he's kind of like, "Oh, she's kind of cute." Like they st- like they hang out for a little bit. The girl gives him like some drugs. They fool around. Mm-hmm. He wakes up, and the girl is like brutally murdered. And he's uh, like, "Oh fuck!" And uh, like the flight attendant. What? Sip them. Kind of similar, but like also like it's different, um, because like he, I mean, I guess this is all not giving a ton away because this all probably happens in the first half hour of the first episode. But he is like he gets caught and is like suspect numero uno the entire time and it's kind of about just like his legal happenings he's in jail this whole time so it's kind of like him acclimating to prison life and i would give it like a straight like nine out of ten nine and a half out of ten i will say the ending did not like the ending and it was very depressing not in the sense that you would probably think having just heard my description initially here's my prediction they don't find out who it was and they just keep him in jail um no oh okay but don't tell us well that's not what happens maybe but no Uh, so what's the name of the show the night of nice yeah cool cool um megan and i went on a date sunday we got a babysitter went to brunch then we went to a bookstore to pick out a book that we're gonna read together 
you went on a date and you're going to pick a book that you're going to read together? We went to a bookstore. When you say after. you're going to read the book together, you're both going to read the book or you're going to read it simultaneously. Doesn't that mean the same thing? We're going to no. read it at the same time, separate. Like we each week we pick out, all right, we're going to read two chapters this week. Oh, okay. I thought like, I didn't know if you meant like, She's going to read it, then you're going to read it. So what happened was I picked out a book and she picked out a book and we got two copies of each. Okay, cool. So I picked out, I was a little, I had a gummy (laughs) um, and I was like, I want to learn something. So I picked out a nonfiction. It was called The Betrayal of Anne Frank. So I guess Anne Frank, basically, um, if you read her journal, like the end, she's just gone or I don't, I never read her journal, but, or the diaries, um, she's just gone because somebody betrayed her and they never actually investigated this until one guy came along and he decided he wanted to investigate it. So it's his book about who betrayed her. Wow. Cool. So seems cool. What book did she pick? The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath. Okay, that's a, cl- so that's like one of those American books, classics. We're going to read them at the same time. Yeah, we're going to read the same book at the same time. I thought that you were saying that, like, initially, like, you would, like, put Eliza to bed and be like, okay, we're going to, like, read a chapter together. Oh, no. One night you would read it aloud, or, like, the next night she would read it aloud. And I was like, so you guys are going to have, like, story time together. That that would probably make it work better, but no. Um, Nick. Yeah. Nope, you already told us about your show. What do I have going on? I don't know. We kind of covered you, man. You're getting a dog. And you moved in with Carol. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I was trying to think if I had any media that I wanted to like spit out at you guys. Hmm. Uh, uh, Stranger Things coming out? Yeah, not too long. Yo, actually, like long. two weeks is a uh, last half season of Ozark. Yeah, true that. True I haven't that. watched that yet. Um. All right, cool. We're at an hour 15. That's probably quite <laughs> enough. <laughs> hour 15. You've heard us rambling. This is like our first fucking episode. Jeez. Um, no, we're good. They can find us at <laughs> N-E or yeah. social. Nick, let, oh, I got it, I got it. Nick, let us know where, where can they find us. So you can find us on Instagram at N-E underscore social. On Twitter at N-E social 2. My personal Instagram handle is at sun underscore of underscore Ray 24. Because Ray's my dad. Oh, I'm Ryan A. Garby. That's Ryan A-G-A-R-B as in boy E on Instagram. And the A stands for authority. Oh, I thought you were going to go Attleboro. Ah, should have gone Attleboro. Missed opportunity. Damn, no, I went, dude. I went authority mostly because it was the first A word I saw on our doc. But um, you were kind of the authority of this uh, episode, Garby. It's a really good job. It was interesting. What? I learned something. Why are you flipping me off right now? I learned something. And I thought okay. it was Double a good freedom episode. rockets, baby. All right. You know what? You can find me at Kennedy1627 on the gram. I'm Rich Kennedy. I'm here with Nick Goslin, Ryan Garvey. We're New England Social. Deuces. Don't Later get sucked guys. in. Just leave a couple <laughs> people.